Okay, it's House of Decline time. It's been a it's been a week of crazy news. Uh, and if you want our real takes on the news, you should subscribe to patreon.com slash house of decline. What we're giving you here, this is just our, you know, this is just our surface level stuff. This is just the stuff that we're doing for the freebies, the free episodes. You're gonna get our real raw shit in those premium episodes. That's when we really go wild. That's when Buster busts loose. That's when, uh, you know, we really, uh, that's, that's when we go Eddie Murphy raw. We just talk about uh, uh, gays dying of AIDS constantly. That's, that's what we talk about in our premium episodes, like Eddie Murphy raw. That is a rough special. Uh, I think it's, it's a rough special. Yeah. I think it's still on YouTube, though. It is raw. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about it. A lot of the jokes still land, but yeah, the gay material doesn't land. But that's all right. We'll forgive. We'll forgive Eddie Murphy. He was in Dreamgirls, which is pretty gay. He's not he really won't. doing that much anymore these days, is he? Yeah, they come out with a new Shrek thing every every two years, and he he gets paid a billion dollars to be donkey. <laughs> like, a new, so. like a new Shrek store. Opens. Yeah, <laughs> opening the Shrek store in California. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I lost my kid at the Shrek. My kid was abducted at the Shrek store. <laughs> all the all the pedophiles hanging out at the Shrek store. I don't know why that. Uh, I don't know why that. My mind immediately went to that. It's but. the only uh, thing that you know bankrupt J.C. Penney's can be turned into is <laughs> Shrek, Shrek store. store. The only thing that's been selling in these J.C. Penney's is our Shrek merchandise, boss. How's the mall? I got an idea. How's the mall up where you live? How's it weathering the pandemic? Oh, well, the big mall where I live is the Eaton Center, and the Eaton Center is too big to fail, so it was uh, it weathered the pandemic just fine. Damn, you have a too-big-to-fail mall? You have a too-big-to-fail mall, like if, if the We mall... have two too-big-to-fail malls in, in Toronto. <laughs> like if, if the mall fails, the city falls. Kind of, in a way, yeah. The whole local economy is wiped out um, about for the Eaton Center and Yorkdale. Interesting. So if, say, we were to attack Toronto, that would be... A... <laughs> yeah, we would go to Eaton Center in Yorkdale first. See, that's the thing, is like after 9-11, everyone was scared. Oh no, are terrorists going to fly planes into the CN Tower? Which is, you know, that wouldn't be that bad, because not a lot of people are in the CN Tower at any given moment. You know, you might get a lot of falling debris. Has anyone been able to ever, like, conquer Canada? Or, you know, defeat yes, Canada? Yes, white people. <laughs> white okay. people did evil shit. But... You know what you I mean, mean. You mean white Canada? Has anyone been able to conquer white Canada? Yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't know. I was. I didn't know you guys were called white Canada. Now we are called white Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, no, I, no. Well, uh, Americans famously tried to in 1812, right. but that didn't work out. I know. And we've been planning revenge ever since. <laughs> it's all been. All of this has been leading up to a massive takeover of Canada. Well, now yeah. we know your two weak spots, the two malls. Yeah, the your two. Oh, and you best not attack the West Edmonton Mall either, because that's the one node of commerce out there in Alberta. The West Edmonton Mall there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's been a week of news, and sometimes we'll do a news episode where we talk about the news, and um, I think the biggest news of the week that we can all agree is uh, Black Thor. Uh, Steven, do you know about uh, the, uh, recently uh, they published a Marvel What If comic uh, where Thor is uh, is black? Um, Have you heard about this comic? Yeah, I heard about it. I just heard sort of the um, periphery. I don't really know um, 
anything about comics, so why don't you tell me what's going on? Well, this is funny. It's one of my favorite examples of when sort of this big corporate entity tries to capitalize on wokeness, but totally stumbles and ends up creating something accidentally racist, which is uh, this Thor comic has been charged with being... We'll read some of the details about it and let the listener decide. But yeah, the Thor comic is racist. Um, Aaron from Trailbillies had a good post about it, and uh, I'll read some of some of the stuff. If you don't know Aaron from Trailbillies, he's at Borg posting now uh, at, under Chief O'Brien, but Chief is spelled C-H-E-E-F. But yeah, he posts Miles Morales as Urban Thor makes me want comics, etc. to go back to being outwardly racist, which is a very funny tweet. Um, and he posted some panels. So the design of, of, of Miles Morales as Thor has uh, received some criticism because a hoodie with hoodie strings is incorporated into the Thor costume. Uh, he is wearing sneakers. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. And so here and the thing about this Thor comic is that it's black. So it rhymes like rap. So <laughs> here it is. Asgard. Of all the five realms, Asgard is his hood. For Miles, you can see, he's just that good. The Rainbow Bridge takes him to his quest. The Bifrost Line goes north, south, east, and west. From Jormengard to the Wrecking Crew, he stuck Gullenbursty in the Asgard Zoo. But he is low-key when he wants to be. Name on Marquise, like his Uncle Loki. <laughs> Why is, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why, um, yeah. why is it all rhyming? It's because it's rap, Stephen. It's black people rap, and so it rhymes. <laughs> it rhymes, Stephen. Because wow. it's like hip hop. Because <laughs> it's like hip hop, Stephen. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Just so, so many miscalculations. I don't really think um, of like reading a comic book in verse, you know? Um,. So that's just, I think that's the opening page, too. So not only does his Thor costume, Miles Morales' Thor costume, incorporate uh, <laughs> hoodie strings and a, and a hoodie, his hammer, his Thor's hammer, has graffiti on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that could just be a personal choice. <laughs> that could just be a personal choice of the, of the main character, could it not? <laughs> You're right. You're right. Absolutely. And this is just this is it. It's not a black thing. Miles Morales historically likes graffiti. Yeah, so he of, would have graffiti of, on plenty his. of white kids like graffiti. I don't I mean, this did this worked with Miles Morales like Miles Morales Spider-Man was a graffiti guy. But uh, I, something about graffiti on the hammer, it just seems like excessive or point, why would there be graffiti on the hammer? Why wouldn't he just be painting graffiti on the walls? Or using lightning to paint graffiti. There, there. It's like a hat on a hat. There's like mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. There's this thing which for it, and it's it. There's no logical sense to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bifrost Bridge looks like the Manhattan Bridge. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they really, they really miscalculated. Um. The writer of, oh yeah, and one of the funniest things, in instead of saying, by Odin's beard, Miles Morales says, by Odin's fade. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not, that is cool, that's cool. 
May I think maybe you could argue that this is good because um, showing this to Varg Verkness would make him the most upset imaginable. Mm. <laughs> I think he would get really, really mad, yeah. <laughs> mad about this. I don't um, think so. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not that bad. It's in terms of offending the crazy Varg. Yeah, yeah, oh. the, the crazy Varg. You know, but uh, I don't know if he give a shit, but. Uh, the, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a weird thing. It is a weird thing that happened. I think it's 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 just yeah, you, you're overcompensating. The guy who the writer of this was is not he's not a black guy. He's a he's a Jewish Mexican guy called Yehudi Mercado, which mm. is is a very funny. You have <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it says like Shmuley Gonzalez or. Uh, uh, Chaim Jimenez, you know, it's just mm. a funny combination of a very Jewish first name and uh, and a, a Hispanic last name. Uh, but yeah, he was forced to make an apology. I'm reading from the uh, I'm reading from the Gizmodo article. Beloved Spider-Man, Miles Morales is set for some highs with the upcoming release of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part One, a sequel to the Oscar-winning animated hit. Blah blah blah. Uh, on the comic side of things, however, there's been a very disappointing low with the release of a comic based around Morales, where he's reimagined as Thor. The comic, What If, Miles Morales, was met with backlash over writer Yehudi Mercado's inauthentic depiction of the character, while also fueling concerns as to why Marvel would, at this point, hire a non-black writer for the comic in the first place. Uh, in a Twitter post earlier today, Mercado responded to the controversy. And Mer- what Mercado says, it says, I've taken the last few days to step back and listen. I mean, uh, he's Yehudi Mercado, so I'm going to read it. <laughs> I've taken the last few days to step back and listen. I acknowledge your criticism for my recent issue of what if Miles Morales was Thor. While I've lived a different experience through my own Jewish and Mexican background, I still know inauthenticity hurts. And I'm sorry that I failed on that front. I've appreciated hearing learning from my black and Puerto Rican comics peers and hope to use this moment to help promote better authenticity. I'm also going to donate what Marvel paid me to the Brooklyn Book Bodega, (laughs) which works to build literacy and get more books to kids in NYC. Uh, I love the news cycle. I love how the news cycle works now, the predictability of it and the... And, you know, the the shame, the public shaming. Um, I mean, in this case, he missed the mark um, by a lot, which is why it got a lot of attention. Um, oh, here's I, a good I don't know. Detail. I'd probably do something here's like this. This is something I would do. on the cover you may have missed. Yeah. Do you see the shoes hanging from the... There's sneakers hanging from an Asgardian wire. From a wire? There's a bunch of sneakers hanging. Yeah, I guess it's... <laughs> They're in Asgard? Wait a minute. They're in As this is Yeah, but it's what if Asgard was black Asgard, you know? So it's like New York. Oh, okay. So it's like <laughs> It's like a borough. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The borough. Brooklyn, Queens, Asgard. Uh what's interesting to me is that Marvel has successfully made a Thor character before black, a Heimdall. In, in the Thor movies is portrayed by Idris Elba. Nobody had a problem with that because um, it, it, he's just... I mean, if they had literally just made Miles Morales just Thor and have all the Thor tropes, 
Mm-hmm. But I don't know, what is the Miles Morales character? He's sort of, like, nerdy, and this isn't... He, like, his his whole character is that he's... he's uh, Well, it's the same character as Peter Parker, essentially. He's a nerd. He's a big... He's a weak nerd. And that's why he's Okay, relatable. so before he was Thor, he was Spider-Man? Sorry, I'm playing catch-up here. No, so this is a what-if. So this uh-huh. is a scenario. This is a hypothetical multiverse scenario that Marvel does occasionally. Um, oh. But... Um, Oh, I mean, well, he that's works good. In... Then I guess then they know. They said, what if? And everyone said, bad. No, we don't like it. And yeah. so now it's going to be fine. I mean, Marvel's been trying to do this for a while because Miles Morales was a very successful character to for them. And, you know, the, the Sony movie with him in it that everybody loves, you know, is one of their biggest hits. And uh, but Miles Morales was invented like more than a decade ago. He was created more than a decade ago. And Marvel has kept trying to um uh, they've kept trying to like add to the diversity of their roster so with sometimes success and sometimes with not uh by like adapting different characters to be poc one of their most successful things was miss marvel kamala khan everyone liked her but then they tried to do like iron man but it's a black lady and she's iron heart and yep. she's like a super smart teenage and nobody liked Ironheart and there was big backlash to Ironheart. And I think I remarked on a previous episode they made Wonder Woman Israeli. <laughs> yes, they did and in that, order to be. That's, um, that's uh, diverse. Yeah. I think, I mean, who are the Jewish superheroes? Uh, Magneto. Uh, the Thing. The Thing was officially uh, retconned as Jewish the whole time, which is funny. Because when you say it's clobberin' time, it's like a Jewish guy saying it. <laughs> Yehudi Mercado should say it's he should write the thing instead. I mean, okay, that this is also like this is also like something. It's it's like yes, I think black uh, writers should write black characters or uh, absolutely. But I think no, you should allow anyone to write black characters, and if they fuck up at it, you know, then that's bad. But if they don't, then that's fine. You know. I think, you know, um, you should at least hire writers who are maybe more sensitive to, to that sort of thing, even if they're non-black. But, I mean, the argument also goes that black writers are hugely underrepresented in comics. So, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't. it's not the fact that he was non-black that was the, the biggest issue. The biggest issue was that it was just so many cascading stereotypes mm-hmm. <laughs> like over each other one over the other. it wasn't just one like one could have been forgiven it was everything in combination <laughs> oh he's also he's got bleached blonde hair <laughs> and he's well, saying he's saying like did you Thor. notice did you note that he's saying hammer time <laughs> cuz that's what black guys say <laughs> mhm mhm Mm-hmm. Oh my, Yehudi, Yehudi, you Wait, didn't. So he, but the guy who drew it is not, you know, the guy who made the the art. Yeah, is it is it that guy's fault? I don't think it's. Well, I don't know. Uh, the art is probably the le- It's not the least problematic aspect about it. Um, all of the all of the problems seem to stem from the writing. Mm-hmm. Um. I wonder if, like, the... I wonder who was responsible for the design of the costume, if it was the artist's idea to put a hoodie in there, or Yehudi was like, No! He should have a hoodie! I, oh! That's why they call me Yehudi! Because uh, I put a hoodie in every... Yeah. 
It's so so nice you can pick one of his two potential accents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get I get <laughs> the one to make fun of. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not gonna do the Mexican accent though. But <laughs> man, we need a third guy on the show who can do Mexican yeah. accents. We need a we need a Latinx guy. Uh. <laughs> Specifically Latinx. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if I thought that Latinx was a totally different type of uh, Latin person? Uh, they, you mean as in what? As There's Latino, Latina, and Latinx, and they're like, uh, ooh, uh, you don't know where we're at, you know. And they're not non-binary either. There's something else. There's something else, you know, Latinx, you know. Latinx marks the spot is what we say. Uh, well, there's if you scroll down in that thread, there's more um, screenshots. Um, are fun, so that's a fun thread. Maybe we'll just link to that thread, and you can yeah, we'll at... we will link. Aaron Aaron has very good media criticism in that thread. Read that thread. It's uh, <laughs> the comic is shockingly racist, uh, but also funny in a sad way. So you can have that. You can have that in your gullets. Um, the, uh, what else is happening this weekend? It's Pride Weekend. Everyone loves Pride, Toronto Pride. Have fun time at Toronto Pride. This is my character, Pride Jimmy. Um, so, I love uh, Pride. how's the weather? Are you going to go outside or, or is it happening this weekend? It's happening. It, it already happened. Well, Saturday happened. Uh, oh, and oh. Saturday is the best day for it because the problem with the parade is, the Toronto Pride Parade is probably the Pride Parade that has the longest history of being capitalized and turned into mainstream. Like, I remember going to the Pride Parade like 15, 17 years ago when I was still in high school. And I was, even then, I was seeing like guys in thongs with like Scotiabank printed on the thongs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, that's funny. We already, we got to gay capitalism before anybody else, you know? And this slowly became the norm over the course of, like, the glee years. Everything turned into gay capitalism. Well, maybe um, they're a good bank. <laughs> they are a Scotiabank. Nah, well, the, it, it, we hit the inflection point of alienating gay people and, like, projecting that value um, was less profitable in the 2000s than not alienating gay people, at least in Toronto. I'm sure Scotiabank has a different marketing campaign in their more homophobic communities. Hmm. I wonder what the bank's marketing campaigns are, like how they're structured. We should do a deep dive on... um, Deep dank on bank advertising? A deep dank? (laughs) A deep dank? A deep dank on banks? (laughs) Yeah, you've heard of a deep dive. We're doing a deep dank. Um, It's because we get real high. I think that would be yeah. a very interesting episode to talk about banks' marketing campaigns. Maybe we could do a, a phone call to a bank and see how far up the chain we could get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, hey, we're doing... Hi, this is Michael Moore. We're doing a documentary on uh, your advertising campaigns. Do you have time? Hey, that's not a that's not a bad Michael Moore impression, actually. <laughs> yeah, and guess what? You, get, you better... You got another week to practice, because next week we're going to call a bank and you're yeah. going to be Michael Moore, and you're going to try to talk to marketing. You have any hot dogs? I need hot dogs. I need at least six hot dogs a day, or <laughs> I, I starve. <laughs> Did you like Canadian bacon? John Candy was a treasure. <laughs> he's uh, on, Speaking of advertising for capitalism, he's on, like, Am, he advertises for Amazon constantly on his what, podcast. What, Michael Moore? Yeah. That's so funny. Um, well, you know, you gotta you got to make them bucks, you know. 
You gotta you gotta fund the new documentary about I don't know what's he up to this time. I I don't know. There was Michael Moore's interesting too because he's like someone who I at once admire, but also know he's kind of a weird shyster in a lot of ways. Because um, like the movie Roger and Me is fucking radical, especially for when it came out, and his habit of like. People said it was in poor taste when he harassed Charlton Heston at the end of Bowling for Columbine, but I thought that was awesome. Fuck that guy. Mm, <laughs> you know, he, mm-hmm. he was evil. Who cares that he's an, a doddering old fool that gets trounced because, oh, he did gotcha journalism. He was in some good movies, though. Yeah, I like his movies, yeah. yeah. Like Ten Commandments, yeah. Yeah. Sure, was he in like. um, Caligula? He was in Caligula. Was he? I don't was think he? he was. No, he was not in Caligula. <laughs> That'd be funny if... <laughs> Charlton Heston. Well, I'm getting my ass eaten out by a boy. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was in Caligula. That's sure he was. Yeah, yeah I'm sucking a horse's dick. I'm Charlton Heston. Uh, That's a great movie, <laughs> like Caligula. Whenever I do an impression, I just say the I'm and then the name of the person I'm doing an impression of. Yeah, that's how you do impressions. <laughs> how you do impressions. Imagine, okay, here's your 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 uh, matinee and then your evening special. Ten Commandments and then Caligula. Ten Commandments, then Caligula. I think they're both two and a half to three hours long. Yeah. You're in for the six hour. hours of... <laughs> like... <laughs> Is people acting very crazy. Yeah. Well, Ten Commandments, they aren't acting that crazy. A little bit. Ten Commandments is a weird story. I think I've said this on the show before, but it's always weird when you're a Jew and you go to Passover Seder each year and you take in the information that it was okay to kill the children of all the Egyptians because, you know, because we, we were enslaved. Which is, you know, that's fine. Um, but the problem is there is no historicity to the uh enslavement of jewish people in egypt that where no one can prove that actually happened wow that's a bold claim i have uh i don't have the expertise to even i've heard this before i'm not a history expert don't Uh, take my opinions on anything seriously but there is very spotty evidence as to whether or not the jews were actually enslaved on mass in egypt in ancient times maybe just a little bit as like maybe just yeah just just like a little bit as a like as a treat the <laughs> little taste, little touch. <laughs> the, uh, the Egyptians just did a little bit. It's weird that like so many religious traditions are based on the idea of victimization. Like, because uh, that's what, you know, Christ is a victim. The Jewish people are victims throughout all their stories. They're victims constantly. Um, and yeah. uh, that's why I respect Islam, not victims. They're the least, the least victim-y <laughs> religion. I don't know. I have no mm, idea what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, come up with an I don't know IDK on that one, my dude. <laughs> Which is the least victim-y religion? <laughs> Buddhism's not that victim-y. Yeah, Judaism, Buddhism. Christianity, both victim-y. Well, you know, takes all kinds, as they say. Especially victims, yeah. It takes all kinds of different kinds. <laughs> That's in my DSA meeting. When I find my own DSA chapter, I'm going to specifically say no victims. We don't want any victims here. <laughs> I think you might get run into some I'm going pushback. To, I'm going to exclude victims, you know. Why hasn't anyone thought of... No, there's no human rights legislation that says you can't discriminate on the basis of victimhood. 
on general victim. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that aren't rights that are are apparently not rights anymore. <laughs> there you go. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well, the other big news of the week. We are, of course, talking about Stav leaving Come Down. No, yes, it we is, are talking uh, about yeah. that. It's a debacle. It's a debacle. It's a disaster. It's, yeah. Six out, six out of three Come Town fans voted to the 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 board, the Supreme Court of Come Town fans voted. I Brett wish. Kavanaugh is also is on both Supreme Courts. Brett Kavanaugh is a huge Come Town fan. Hey, I, that's not <laughs> true. They love their he loves their interviews with Shane Gillis. <laughs> Gilly, oh he loves Gilly. No, I'm, I'm, kidding, being, I'm kidding. I mean, I bet Brett Kavanaugh listens to. I bet he listens to Rogan. I bet. You he, think Brett Kavanaugh listens to Rogan? Yeah. yeah. You think Rogan saying a lot? Of, did Rogan say a lot of positive stuff about Brett Kavanaugh? Did he say it was a witch hunt or something like that? When oh, he was I don't getting, know. I don't know, but I just bet you Brett Kavanaugh listens to, and I bet he listens to Jordan Peterson. Mmm. Mmm. Well, they are they are comforting figures to a certain type of person. So the New York Times identified Brett Kavanaugh as the new swing vote on really? on abortion issues. Yep. I think they're they see I think they're wrong about that one. <laughs> I'm no, no legal expert. I, well, it's I mean <laughs> it depends you have to think in very extreme things. Yeah. Like so if there's a case that was like, can a state prosecute someone who for going out of out of state to get an abortion? Mm -hmm. uh, Brett Kavanaugh indicated he would say no, and the other conservatives were like, yeah, that we would be fine with that. <laughs> so he is now the swing vote on. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Fantastic. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad the further diminution of rights is in the hands of a guy that has been very credibly accused of rape, and who frankly just looks like a rapist. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that's bad to say nobody looks like a rapist, but come on, come on. You know this guy. You know this guy. You know what he did. You can see it in his eyes. I don't know him. I don't know. You, you know him. Know. You know what he did. Um, you know everything about. Yeah, but obviously the big news of the week is Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, very shockingly evil thing to do. Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable saying that. I think it is evil to overturn abortion. You may feel differently. I know you feel differently, Steve. What? <laughs> no, what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Who's, no, why do you no. say that? That's not no, true. No, I'm, being, what? I'm trying to instigate something. You, you should take, you you should saw, take the anti-abortion stance, you saw, you saw I was looking at my phone, and you, yeah. thought, you, thought, you'd give me this, you thought you'd give me a little scare for, yeah, not, a little paying, scare. for not paying That's attention. The, the reason why you're not posting so much I'm just because you love. Anti-abortion stuff. I have been. You posting. love it. I've been no. posting like crazy. I know. I know. I'm I was posting stuff like, think again. That's wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> eat, eat, eat my <laughs> ass, Supreme Court. I posted that. I've been. I have been demonstrating online my support uh, hourly. Um. So yeah, you know. The Catholics did it. They did it. It was the Catholics. It was Biden. It was Pelosi. It was, <laughs> I don't know. There is some, there is some like weird, like 1960s guy in me. That's like, eh, this is the Kennedy's fault. You know, <laughs> it's like, hey, Biden's this Catholic, Catholic hegemon. Biden's well, Catholic. You, He's do fine you, with this. Do you, now he can be like, you, oh, I'm going to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you secretly think that Biden, as a Catholic, was conspiring with anti-choice? Oh, conspiring? Uh, no. No. no Do you think he's cool with this, though? Do you think he's he's not bothered by it? No, he's probably not bothered by it internally. Yeah. Uh, He's probably not bothered by anything internally. Right now, they're all probably like, ooh, we might win the midterms. Yeah, that's I mean, that was one of the most disgusting things in the wake of it is the opportunistic of Democratic fundraisers who's have who've had multiple times to codify Roe into law. Oh, yeah, this this changes everything in the midterms about who you were going to vote for before. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And what's especially because Biden just outlawed jewel politics, (laughs) the Trump judge blocked it. The Trump judge blocked it. Yep, they're That's currently great. still for sale. That's great. That's like how abortion Brandon. is. That's like how abortion is in Michigan. We have a law that's banning it, but it's tied up in court, mm-hmm. so you can still get one. But um, yeah, Michigan is going to uh, ban it. There's two court cases, so uh, I, we'll see what goes on. We'll see. You got to stay. You got to keep keep connected to the pod to get future updates on the status of abortion in Michigan. Yeah, absolutely. That's what people you know. are here for. They're not here for comedy. They're here to learn about their rights in beautiful, beautiful Michigan. It's an issue that affects all of us, especially those of us who do not want a second child. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, I mean, it's taken, uh, taking in a lot of stuff about this. But what's very interesting to me is something that I hadn't thought of before that someone had pointed out to me online is uh, – well, not specifically to me. I was just reading a thread. But the adoption industry is huge. You mean you like know. big money? Yeah, no, seriously. It's big money. Apparently, the, apparently, uh, the term for a baby that is from a, a mother that is a, a, like a newborn baby do you get when you adopt it is called womb wet. A womb wet baby, which is a disgusting phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but, uh, this lady was talking to a friend how she was adopted and how like adoptions can go really, really South sp- like, and how ad- adopted people are, you know, more likely to be victims of violence from their non-adopted sibling and stuff like that. And how, because like the, the Christian argument, right. Is that, well, it's fine to not have abortion because they can just be adopted or they can go into foster or their, their methods for that. But it's like everything it gets exploited by capitalism because this person pointed out that there are 42 couples for every one womb wet baby that is so there's this low supply high demand people are willing to pay 40k per baby and this 40k does not go to the mother of the baby it goes to the CEOs of these adoption agencies so there's actually this huge adoption lobby that also uh, campaigns against abortion because uh-huh. there's there's big money for it Wow, 40K, and which, 40K which is legal ahead. human trafficking. 40K we, so, ahead. That's awesome. So yeah. I can start making $40,000 like every nine months. <laughs> that is, that's the plot of Pink Flamingos, <laughs> where they have their manservant impregnate women and sell the babies to rich people. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess we're getting closer to that reality. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, uh, would you prefer that the government instead, uh, when the government, how about this compromise? They take the baby out, but then they grow it in an incubator and then turn right. all of the aborted babies into an army. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's Nothing been, has ever gone wrong. That's been my proposed solution for years, and I wrote a paper about it, and I got a D. I got a D <laughs> for, my, for my army of the aborted. Army of the aborted? It's just like, uh, yeah, it's just like Zack Snyder's <laughs> army of the dead. <laughs> no! There, I was like, listen, there's all kinds of things we could do about with this army. You know, we could take over the North Pole. Uh, we, could, uh, we could build a base on the moon. Okay. <laughs> with, with the with the unwanted with the orphan army. Right. Little little orphan army. We exactly. Call it. <laughs> um, but they're they're not just orphans. They're biological orphans. So we should emphasize that they're bio orphans. <laughs> we should call them bio orphans. That's what we will call them. And then we can clone them. And then we can clone them, absolutely. The bio-orphan army. The clone bio-orphan army. And do tests on them. Uh, yeah, because they, they ain't got no parents. Their parents are the government. It's like that show, Stranger Things, with the little psychic kid. Uh, yeah, they all have uh, their head shaved. Yeah. Um, another piece of... Yeah, so another thing is, like, people in their panic and anger about this. And I don't blame anybody for, like, having, like, a weird bad takes on this like or at least people on the side of good having weird bad takes about this because yeah everyone's very keyed up um but there was one from occupy democrats which said something to the effect occupy democrats made a post of like a senator a democratic senator in oklahoma has proposed a bill that all boys get mandatory vasectomies at age 12 and once they have demonstrated that they are emotionally well they can get the vasectomies reversed yeah as that's <laughs> as so like cool a, what are you trying to do here? Is this like a joke about like how invasive abortion is? Because it's not landing. It seemed like it was actually sort of serious. I don't know if the yeah. It, it seems like uh, generally as a senator, you don't want your senators pushing through joke legislation. You don't want your, you don't want you don't want that. Um, I think that was a joke, sort of. Uh, yeah, they're doing like bodily autonomy stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, which I get. It was, yeah. There was someone else who made a shit post that was like, um, well, women finally know about the pain that men have been feeling for years having their bodily autonomy violated through the act of circumcision. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of so, course, the two things are very similar. So, well, <laughs> I mean, a bunch of people posted immediately like, you are so right about that. I've been talking about this for years. And it sort of it was... It got kind of popular, but I think he was doing a joke. I think the post he was, was doing a bit, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the people are very uh, people don't take this shit seriously. I don't know. It's such an easy moral calculus for me because if I had the ability to get pregnant, would I want the ability to do this? Yes. And if you say no, you're a fucking liar. Fuck you. Anyone would want you. If Ben Shapiro get pregnant, if I fucked Ben Shapiro mm -hmm. in his little pink ass and he got a butt baby. He would want it cut out of him. He would want it cut out of him faster than they cut all those foreskins that he loves. What if that's what, like, Ben Shapiro, he was like, he becomes a really uh, pro-circumcision guy? Because yeah. he gets, <laughs> he's cool. like, first of all, it's mm -hmm. healthier for your glands. First of all, uh, he wouldn't say glands. He would, he would say some weird euphemism. First of all, it doesn't get dirty. That's Hypothetically, true. if you were to have a foreskin and you were to get a bullet caught in it and the bullet exploded, your penis would explode too. He wouldn't say penis either. 
He would say something like he would say member. He would say your 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 no no area. <laughs> I don't know what is what yeah. is. Okay. You see, yeah, that's the weird thing about. I don't know. It's weird being me because I'm like you know I've talked long about the show and how I'm virtually asexual. Yes. You know that song, Virtual Insanity? Well, I'm virtual asexual. Okay. Uh, not really. Like, I still have some sexual desire, but much lower, much, much lower than the average person. That's just and, called That's just called being in your 30s, bro. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, but it strikes me as, like, odd that even with, like, my low libido, I'm still, like, hate that infantile thing where, like, adults refuse to use like adult terms for uh like genitals or something like that mm. like they use weird little euphemisms because they're and that's like all over the right too it's like it's weird because they'll say like the vilest shit about gay people but then you know they'll have trouble saying like ben shapiro couldn't say wet ass pussy you know he couldn't say pussy because <laughs> <laughs> because he's a, a little baby that's a difficult he's little, word it is he's little baby ben um I mean, that's what he's all, that. Yeah, it's it's this weird thing because they're these also like 30 year old quiz boys, too. You know, <laughs> um, he always reminded me of like Ben Shapiro reminded me of like uh, you ever seen Magnolia? Oh, yes. Yeah, I love I love Magnolia. I love Magnolia. One of my as well. one of my top 500 movies, I would say. It's, it's up in there. Yeah, it's, up in it's, the top it's as long as 500 movies. <laughs> um uh, but fucking, he reminds me of, like, Quiz Kid Donnie Smith. Uh -huh. Like, if Quiz Kid Donnie Smith had instead fallen into, like, right-wing posturing instead of being an adult failure. Like, had Ben Shapiro not become a right-wing commentator, he would have just been Quiz Kid Donnie Smith. Like, shuffling around from job to job, saying, I used to be smart, but now I'm dumb. Mm. <laughs> and, like... And, uh, and, you know, woefully hitting on the bartender at, at the gay bar that he frequents. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, th that sort of pathetic, like, I peaked when I was a child quality and I'm still chasing that, that thing. Um, I'd love to have peaked at any time. <laughs> it's just been a flat line on the bottom for the entire life. Yeah, yeah it's just been horizontal. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, you know, uh, nothing ever changes. Nothing ever changes. That's Except what I've things been saying. change constantly. That's what I've been saying. Nothing ever changes, man. Something changed last night. I, I, for the first time in years and years and years, I went out to, even before COVID, I wasn't going out to live music venues and taking in club stuff. I went to a club last night for Pride. You took in a club, eh? I took in a club. You took I in a club, I went out, eh? I went in a wicked constitutional, and I took in a club. And uh, it was nice. There was a drag queen there called Bombay. She was in a great showgirl outfit, great silhouette she had. Uh, I went to the Buddies in Bad Times Theater, which is nice. It's the uh, Buddies in Bad Times Theater in Toronto. It's the oldest running uh, gay venue in North America since, I think, the late 70s. Started by a weird person called Sky Gilbert, who's very talented, but also sort of polarizing. Uh, there's a lane named after him behind Buddies and Bad Times. But I like the crowd. It's an older crowd. I was actually, like, one of the younger people in this crowd, so I didn't feel like a total asshole. Hmm. You know, because when you go out to a club and, like, everybody <laughs> everybody around you is 20 years old and you're like... Um, but that was fine. It's what happened after, you know, because you, you get to the point where it's 2, 2.30 a.m. and people start getting a little weird. 
because they've done a lot of drugs at this point, like they're fully peaking. Mm -hmm. And so I was walking back home after getting out of the club and I see this uh, walking past a row of porta potties and I see this large man uh, like trying to restrain pretty violently this this, uh, you know, short squat lesbian woman who was obviously very drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I was like getting worried because is this guy doing fucking physical assault? Um, and so I actually tapped him on the shoulder and it was like, Hey buddy, what are you doing? And then he turned around and I could see immediately, Oh, oh this guy is sober. He is rational. <laughs> and the lady is freaking out. And he's saying, no, the lady was throwing bottles at this house for no reason. And we were trying to get her to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, then he said he was handling the situation and I, and I was pacified for a second and, but then the cops came in and they started like trying to hassle the lady. And I was like, man, don't sick the cops on anybody. You know, even if they're fucking up, it's just property damage she's doing. She's not hurting anybody. But instead of saying that, I walked away because I didn't want to, you know, obstruct an arrest and get into it because I'm a fucking coward. I'm yeah, a fucking you coward. You should have confronted the police. I should have confronted. And it was two lady cops as well. It was two who were shorter and smaller than me. I don't know uh, why that would make it easier because I'm okay. a misogynist, I suppose. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're walking uh, into that one. You walked into, yeah, yeah. walk into their ver- <laughs> the, the trap they set for you. I should have distracted them by singing Mrs. Officer by Lil Wayne. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. Yeah. I love that. I thought such a fucking funny song. Hey, if you maybe if you wiggled your legs like Elvis, they would have screamed and become senseless. Absolutely. Did That's you, what he did would you, do. Did you see the Elvis trailer? I, yeah, good old Baz Luhrmann is a, is a treasure. I'm getting such mixed signals about the Elvis movie. Some people say it's going to suck. Some people say it's going to be awesome. Uh, how do you feel about Baz Luhrmann in general? I don't think he makes very good movies that often. So, <laughs> you like Romeo plus Juliet? I like that one, but I don't like a lot of his other movies. You like Moulin Rouge? No. Did you like The Great Gatsby? Meh. It was okay. I what I do appreciate. I do like the hysterical qualities of his movie. Like no matter what, his movies are always like uh, breakneck pace. And, like, insane ideas just thrown at you left or right, most of which do not work at all. Did you see but the trailer that. for Elvis, though? Yes. It's a lot of that. The moment he starts, like, shaking his legs, the ladies go nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, it was exactly like exactly that. like that. He's exactly like that. They looked like they exactly were having like dang that. orgasms. They were having dying orgasm. It's funny because that's the exact joke from Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, where he's playing that innocuous song at his high school talent show and all the women are like taking off their shirts. And, so <laughs> and like the, the older people in the audience are throwing up. Yeah. And the song is like, hold my hand, hold my hand. <laughs> what a, Dewey Cox, one of the, Walk Hard is, I think, maybe my second favorite comedy of all time next to the Beach Bum. Wow. Yeah. Big praise. There's so many jokes in it that work so well. You don't want any part of this shit, do we? You yeah. know, Tim Meadows yeah. going, you, yeah. it's not habit forming. <laughs> um, I do that all the time to when my dog is sniffing other dogs poop. I go, you don't want any part of this shit, Diego. 
I say that all the time. Has any has any has any talent scout noticed yet? <laughs> what that guy that guy's doing a killer Tim Meadows. Um, I don't know. Uh, who? <laughs> yeah, he's a white guy, but he does an amazing Tim Meadows impression. We got to get him on the show. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anyone's searching for Wait, searching for that. They always get one Canadian on SNL, don't they? Really? No. I think it's stipulated. But there's it's only one? I think there's like a treaty with uh, Canada. Yeah, because Lauren Michaels is Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was Dan Aykroyd on the, in the original cast. And then they had uh, Norm. Been since then. Norm, yeah, yeah. One of the best. Is David Spitz? No, no, no. He no, was, David Spitz from California. And he was on at the same time as Norm. I don't know if they, they don't have a Canuck this what season. No Sam- Canucks this season. Andy Samberg, is he Canadian? No, he's Californian. No, he's from, he's Jewish. He's from Jew, the, the country of Jew. Is that, is that near California? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exclave. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think Andy Samberg is one of those guys that I, I think is very hot. I am very inexplicably attracted to Andy Samberg. Ah, Mr. Asexual. I shouldn't stereotype. Asexuals, of course, can have attractions. Well, that's why I said virtually asexual. Virtually. Virtually. I, well, I don't know. It's like uh, you can still be, when you don't have a lot of sexual desire, you can still acknowledge someone is attractive. Right. Or that's be what like, I, that's what appreciate I them right. as one would like a statue. Or a piece of art, but you don't want to touch them. You know, you don't want to get or get touched by them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe that's just me because I've always been pretty uncomfortable with like uh, unprompted touch. I need somebody to warn me before they're going to lay hands on me at any time. Um, I think this is sort of like a common thing that's uh, with men in general, huh. especially. So you didn't you know, like when I would come up from behind and by surprise cup your bosom. Cut my bosoms. Uh, no, that I didn't like it when you were groping me constantly. <laughs> I didn't like it when you did cancho either. Do you know about cancho? Uh, I don't. What is that? Is that something? It's a Japanese game where you uh, stick your fingers to make like a gun-like thing. You stick your index fingers out and clasp your hands together mm-hmm. to make like a, a gun-like shape with mm-hmm. your fingers. And then you try and stick it in another person's butt. But over the clothes. But that's still the premise of the game. It's called cancho? Cancho. K-A-N-C-H-O. It comes up a lot in Naruto. They talk about it in Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm having a a, a memory. Uh, what's that called when you have a memory that resurfaces? Uh, Sense memory? Uh, uh, a lost, uh, a suppressed memory? Yeah, suppressed memories resurfacing of playing that, uh, having that game. <laughs> playing Kancho, playing yeah. Game, yeah. Yeah. Well, I keep talking about it. Maybe more more tidbits will trickle down. More more tidbits about Cancho. Where uh, let's let's open the Wikipedia page for Cancho. <laughs> see what Cancho is all about. Uh, <laughs> Cancho is a prank performed by clasping the hands together in the shape of an imaginary gun, as I said, <laughs> and attempting to poke an unsuspecting victim's anus, often while exclaiming Cancho. <laughs> <laughs> It is a common prank among children in East Asian countries such as Japan, in Korea called Dong Chim. In China, it is popularly called Kyanyan Sha, which was derived from the jutsu technique in the manga and anime series Naruto. Oh, so it does come from Naruto. What? No, in China, it got popular because of Mm. Naruto. They weren't doing it in China, and then they watched Naruto, (laughs) and then they started doing it. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
But it's, but it's against the. I bet it's going to be against the law soon. There, did you yeah. know in China they're like outlawing behaviors? Uh, certain behaviors. Yeah, like in terms of like streaming and streamers. Oh, that's fine. I, that's great. I'm glad. Fuck streaming. There should be no more streaming. Oh, uh, because they're a competitor to our business model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Is that why? I mean, uh, <laughs> they, what if they come after podcast next? Soon, soon you won't even be able to say boop. <laughs> China's or a pretty boop. big market, you know. Maybe yeah. what if we got pop? What if House of Decline got popular in China? What if your comics started taking off there? Uh, they, I like the idea that like uh, China starts getting a bunch of American media and they cut out all the gay stuff, but they leave in like N words and stuff like that because it doesn't matter to them. I think they think that's happened before. <laughs> that's funny. I'm pretty sure that happens. But yeah, no, they have to take out like the Chinese are racist. They have to take that stuff out. They have to take black. black yeah, stuff haven't you out. seen the poster of the Star Wars poster that, for China? Did they cut out? They cut out Finn. They removed. <laughs> they removed John Boyega from the Chinese <laughs> Star Wars poster. Uh, oh, that's brutal. That's fucking brutal. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, it's funny that you see people on like communists online romanticize China. Um, I mean, they do a lot of stuff, right? I like their high-speed rails. I like uh, their provisions of universal health care. I like the fact that their working class is uh, slowly gaining more traction than the American working class. Uh, but it's also a deeply socially fucked up country in a lot of ways. I don't know what the status of their working class is. I don't know either. I don't know what to assume. But it seems as if, I mean, the one thing that people are saying is that, well, China, everyone has access to abortions. That's one thing they have over the U.S. now. They have more rights in that regard. So, so with, same with Russia. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. They do. Uh, team Putin. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, some states are going to go with 15 weeks or some states are going to, like, I think go with 12 weeks. Mm. Um, it'll be a mishmash. And maybe they'll pass a law? Uh, <laughs> a a situation... I heard an interesting... AOC said that a solution for this is on federal land. They should start opening up abortion clinics, which is just funny if there's a bunch of abortion clinics in national parks. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. where would... I mean... Go out to the help. middle of the woods. They kind of need to be in a convenient spot. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure there there must be federal land other than uh, national parks, but it's funny to go out to the abortion shack at Yellowstone. <laughs> that, that would be it. We're going to the abortion shack. <laughs> you just stand over uh, over Old Faithful. And it oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you just there stand... You Overall, see, these are bad suggestions, just like the Occupy Democrats. We're brainstorming ideas. We're brainstorming ideas. Um, what can we do? What can we as two men, two wonderful men who are supportive allies of women do? Um, why are you trying to, like, trap me in some kind of... Try to trap you, see. <laughs> kind of dangerous <laughs> trap you're setting Just here. like women do by trapping men in unwanted pregnancies. Um... <laughs> oh, no. Well, now, yeah, you see, you're laying traps right now. I'm laying traps. I'm yeah. laying all sorts you of traps. You gotta not lay traps for yourself. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you've activated my trap card. I believe you activated my trap card. Mm, uh, that in itself is laying another trap. 
Right, right. No one likes... Well, one thing, <laughs> trap cards have fallen way out of favor in modern Yu-Gi-Oh! So, I think we can all agree. I mean, I do know that because sometimes I'll just walk a, watch a channel of a guy saying, the, what are the ten best Yu-Gi-Oh! cards now? Just because my brain is mush, mm -hmm. and I can't take in any substantial information, so I'm just thinking about, well, here's the top ten power creep Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. Uh, another thing that happened this week was John Hinckley got out of prison after 41 years. How is he tweeting so much while in prison? Oh, you get you get computer time. I don't know what type of security that uh, security prison he was in. I don't know if he got transferred to a min security after a while. Uh, there's been an interesting thing with John Hinckley where sort of online leftists have taken him as a hero because, you know, he, he did something that a lot of us dream about. <laughs> but he did it for weird reasons. Mm. You know, that it's so funny to do like this. I mean, it was the same. It was the same hilarity as January 6th, where somebody is doing this revolutionary action for totally stupid reasons. <laughs> uh, Jody Foster might be Q. We, we can say that Jody Foster is Q. It's hmm. me. I'm Q. We're <laughs> we're gonna take back the White House. Where we go one, we go all. This is my Jody Foster impression? That's pretty uh, good. That's pretty good, Jody Foster. Hi, I'm Jody Foster. I'm a lesbian. John Hinckley was obsessed with me when I was twelve. I don't know if I should have made that movie, but lots of people seem weird about it. She's good in that movie. Tax Driver is a great movie. Uh, I was thinking, yeah, it was uh, the seventies. The seventies were a very different time, and people lament the lack of media literacy nowadays. But I think that I think that is true. You could have more complicated characters um, that you weren't necessarily supposed to uh, endorse for the movies, and because I I made a post yesterday where I said. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is my favorite movie that gets you to root for a pedophile. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, I saw that post. Yeah. I didn't interact, I didn't go near that one with a 10-foot pole. Well, the thing is, I don't make a condiment. I said One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is a brilliant movie. And, um, I mean, the fact that he is a pedophile makes the character more interesting. He's a bad guy. But the thing is, the bad guy in the context of this horrifying institution is somehow the only one that can actually, you know, give life to these these marginalized people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, his badness, his type of badness is a different type of badness than the badness of Nurse Ratched, which is what I think is a very, you know, interesting part of that movie. Um, and, you know, if, if One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest came out today, people would be saying, oh, they're endorsing pedophilia by having him be this sort of likable protagonist. Um, and you wouldn't have that nuance anymore because uh, people lament the lack of media liter literacy. It's true. People, people do have that one-to-one -one interpretation thing where they think that because you have a character who has like a compromising trait, you are specifically endorsing that trait or something like that. Um, or even people were talking about Dog Day Afternoon, how it's amazing that Dog Day Afternoon, it's a 70s movie about a, a guy who's essentially a hero. He's painted heroically. Here's a movie that actually wants you to endorse its protagonist, essentially says its protagonist is doing a good thing, uh, which I'd agree. 
rob a bank to pay for gender re- gender affirming surgery. Why not? This sounds cool. Uh, fuck banks, mm-hmm. John Cazale. Um, yeah, and they were commenting how this was Dark Day Afternoon was like a top ten grossing movie of the year in the seventies. This was like a mainstream movie. Yeah, and if a movie like that came out today, it people wouldn't know what to make of it because they'd be like, "We're endorsing crime," and because it it it's about trans issues as well, there'd be a whole fucking awful conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, the trans stuff you get in mainstream stuff is very tame and watered down, like. One of the biggest trans representations in movies was fucking Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club, which people have a <laughs> problem with because, huh. yeah, of course you would. Well, Jared Leto's <laughs> quite the honor. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Who wouldn't want to be played by a rapist? Who wouldn't want to be represented I, by a rapist? Is that... Is that he is? Do you Are you sure you don't need to say alleged? Allegedly. Alleged rapist, I'm going to say. Uh, treading on dangerous ground. His agents, on, his agents are everywhere. They listen to this podcast. You know, they're trying to pick up on the next Morbius, the next hot Morbius riff for Jared Leto. Is that a, is that a win? Is Morbius a win for him? More? <laughs> no. I think it is. Well, oh man, you saw they re-released it, and it yeah, and it uh, all it bombed the second time they released it, right? Um, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even know. No, that act. I that didn't, happened. Didn't even know that it was really actually a thing because I don't pay attention to the movie ticket sales. But um. yeah, yeah. But well, it was very fun because Morbius tanked initially, and uh-huh. then it got popular online because it was bad. It was so bad, it's funny, and so everyone kept going. It's Morbin time, and then Sony was like, I, "It's so popular, we'll re-release it." And then it tanked again, which is so. It's that's very funny. Maybe we can start uh, a meme called "It's Elvis Time." <laughs> I think the Elvis movie might do well. It's been getting good reviews in in like the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. So all yeah. of all of the fifty year old to seventy year old crew is going to see it, and yeah. I'm thinking the ones that drink will like it, and the ones that are sober will not. Yeah. Well, it seems like in our, in our backwards looking culture, in our culture that inherently recycles IP. Um, we're, we're going back to the well of like the most basic type of entertainment. Like Top Gun is popular again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like Top Gun. When I think of Top Gun, I think of like the most generic, it's the most generic normal movie in my head. It's like it, movie. If you were making a movie movie, it would be Top Gun, you know? Um, and it's the same thing with Elvis. It's the ur generic musician of American culture. Mm. There's something about this uh, th- this American culture that is so lost in its own reproduction of its culture that it has to return to the well of these, okay, I'm these gonna essences. Phrase, I'm going to phrase it differently. I'm going to say we're so up our own ass that this is all we can come up with. Is Exactly. Baz we're so up our own ass, Elvis. we're back to the 50s again. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann doing Elvis. Mm. Baz Luhrmann should do nirvana next absolutely (laughs) that would be great really hysterical camera work around kurt a very energetic heroin doing sequence uh did you hear like so the soundtrack to the elvis movie has hip-hop in it okay 
What? That well, isn't fam isn't Elvis famous for stealing a lot of black music? Yes. Yes, I think they I don't know I think that's talk I don't know how much that's talked about, but I pro they probably don't discuss it a lot. I like how know. in the straight out of Compton movie there's no scene where they're beating up D Barnes. <laughs> that would be funny if they included that scene. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the lore. Oh, in in uh in the early 90s uh, NWA beat the shit out of <laughs> Beat the shit out of a female reporter, D. Barnes. And they, didn't uh, they even mentioned it in, in, in the Eminem song, Guilty Conscience, in the Dr. Dre Eminem song, D. Conscious, wow. uh, Guilty Conscience. He says, what about D. Barnes? And, which is weird, because then he never mentions it again. Wow, Eminem never mentions it again? No, D Dr. Dre never mentions Dr. it again. I'm Dre. sure Eminem doesn't mention it again, but they were like, uh, they referenced it. Uh, and sort of acknowledged it was bad in the Guilty Conscience song. But, uh, yeah, that's something that Dr. Dre never got, uh, never ruined his career. Well, that's, it seems unjust. It seems like, yeah, you shouldn't, don't beat up, don't beat up, try not to beat up anybody, you know. But also people that are physically smaller than you is generally, generally considered dis dishonorable. Instead, you can just, call, just right. call the cops right away. Exactly. You, she should have just called the cops on D Barnes. Exactly. Uh, if there's anything NWA are about, it's I about love, the police. I love calling the cops. Yeah. Have you really? Ever, have you ever done it? You ever no. I. Yes. One time I called the cops, and it uh, because I had this upstairs neighbor. Who oh, was oh, a, oh, oh! Right, 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 right. You don't have to tell that story if you don't want to. You well, the GHB guy. No, I'll tell this funny story. I probably said it on the podcast before but this guy was a ghb guy and he was insane <laughs> he like had a weird ghb energy he threw a vinyl record into like a stucco wall and it was sticking at like a shard of the vinyl record was sticking out of the wall he got crazy and he was just like stomping around at like 3 a.m and shrieking constantly <laughs> and uh so we had to we had, like we we had collectively as roommates decided we got to call the cops on this guy and then it was that fucking nick mullen tweet where uh, the cops come uh, three hours later and shrug their shoulders. <laughs> and, uh, well, they don't do anything. It doesn't happen. And he wasn't in the house. He had escaped out the window. So there was no one for oh, them to well. arrest. Well, uh, didn't, didn't you have to do it again? Uh, yeah, he was getting violent. Well, we did it. We only called it because, like, the upstairs neighbors, too, were complaining about potential violence as well. It oh. seemed like he was getting violent. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have done that. But sounds like you might have mm -hmm. needed to call the army. Yeah, might have needed to bring in the national guard <laughs> there. Mm. Yeah. Oh, the the orphan army you're talking, the little orphan yeah. army you're talking about. That's, that's what we could use them for. Well, for, see, for my real plan is that's what I'm going to use to conquer Canada for the first time. The little orphan army. Revenge for when you guys ran ran a train on us. Yeah. <laughs> A bunch of Canadians, yeah, a bunch of Canadians uh, carved a hole into the White House and started fucking it. And they're like, oh, I'm getting my rocks off in the White House. You guys did. Your mom's a White House, you, McDonald. You oh, guys, ho, ho. you did. You, you did a Canadian jackoff party in the White House. Canadian jackoff party in the White yeah, House. When they say <laughs> that the White House burned, they didn't know that the gasoline was semen. Yeah, Canadian semen, which is Canadian semen. Because yeah. of all the sand you guys eat, it's it's very yeah. flammable. Yeah, we have we have sandy we have sandy cum, you know. <laughs> yeah, you've heard of the tar sands. Well, you here are the cum sands, you know. Uh, like the shifting, 
the shifting of uh, Sandland of Canada. Shifting Sandland is, of course, from Mario 64, a beautiful representation of a Canadian castle. Thank you.